Thank you for tuning in to Chronicles of War. I'm Darren Michael Shaw, the story's author. I'm delighted you've tuned in, whether you're a subscriber or first-time listener. It's a privilege to me that you're here. Chronicles of War is a work of historic fiction. The characters and settings are real, facts are facts, but some of the story is creative composition. I hope you enjoy the story as much as I enjoy telling it. If you like the podcast segments, the entire book is available for only 99 cents at Amazon, iTunes, Smashwords, wherever ebooks are sold. So please pick up a copy for yourself or as a gift. And I appreciate your support. And now, episode 22, Chronicles of War. Nancy Ann had spent many hours helping Lara May after Horace's death. One afternoon, Lara May called the girl into her kitchen. She had her back to Nancy Ann, rooting around in the cupboard. Horace sure loved and respected your father. He was the first and only man in this territory to show us kindness. It was Job who convinced Horace he could be a successful landowner and farmer. And then Mr. Stearns, he did everything he could to stand in the way. Speaking under her breath, she wondered aloud, who ever heard of a highwayman robbing a poor black farmer riding a broken-down plow horse on the road to Keosauqua? Turning to the teen, she held a rusty old tea kettle. Well, he won't do it to your dear family. Laramie pulled the top off the kettle, revealing that it was filled with money. Horace didn't have everything with him. This was our seed money. No farm and no farmer. I'm pretty sure we won't be needing no seed. Shocked, Nancy Ann tried to refuse. Miss Laramie, I can't accept this. Well, I wasn't asking, child. You take it to your mama, or, so help me, I'll take it to the bank myself. In disbelief, Nancy Ann offered, I'm sure mother will insist it to be a loan and will draw up papers proper. Nonsense, my dear. A pursed lip smile invaded her face. You just tell Mr. Stearns that your daddy's colored friends paid off the loan. Tear up that note and drop it at his toes. He won't be able to bend over far enough to pick it up. The two embraced. Nancy Ann fought back tears. Nancy Ann was anxious to get word of Laramie's kindness to her mother. She rushed home through the center of DeWitt, a route that took her past Mr. Stern's bank. The rotund man happened out the front door just as she passed. Good day, young miss, he offered with the tip of his hat. The thoughts that crossed her mind weren't exactly Sunday school worthy. She held them in, fixed her eyes straight ahead, and respectfully replied, And to you, sir. She couldn't refrain, however, from rolling her eyes and contorting her face once she was out of his view. She hoped she could be present when her mother delivered the payment. The rest of her trip home was taken with notions of how her mother might respond to the generous gift. Nancy Ann knew her mother very well, but wasn't at all sure. One plausible scenario was that her mother would think it too large a gift and insist on returning it, or, at least as Nancy Ann had suggested, considering it a friendly loan. She would impress upon her mother that she'd made every attempt to express that herself. Lara May would have none of it. She also imagined her mother might see it as a blessing from the hand of God. Mother did, after all, share that same trust in a providential God that her father wore on his sleeves. Mature for her years, she also wondered where this would leave Lara May and her children. Without Horace and seeming to give up on the dream of owning a farm, where would they go? How would they live? Ciphering, Harriet smirked. One day at a church social, the two of them got out a copy of the old farmer's almanac in their flint 
They were two of a kind in their belief that good records and good ciphers would lead to good harvests. Do you remember, Laramie? Do I remember? My husband cut a hole in his copy of that almanac and hung it on a nail in my kitchen. No, I think the almanac came with a nail hole already bored through, Harriet laughed. Elated to see the two women laughing, Nancy Ann was glad she had asked about how her father and Mr. Dawes had become such good friends. And it was Mr. Trites who brought the Proverbs and the Psalms into it. Laramie's laughter withdrew quickly to a sigh, a smile, and then to a pensive stare. Horace told me that God had a plan for us, all of us. As is so often the case at receptions after a funeral, the mood shifted so quickly back and forth between happy recollections and staggering awareness of loss. Mr. Stearns at the bank and Mr. Deal at the land office, they laughed at Horace. But Job Trite stood with him. Nancy Ann was struck by her words, for no sooner had they spoken than both Jim Stearns and Nathan Deal appeared to offer their condolences. The grieving widow graciously received them, smiling, nodding, and even thanking them for coming. When they stepped away, she appeared to exhale. So who's manning the farm, Trites? The question startled Job back into the moment, for he had nodded off. A quick glance at the sky confirmed, just about midnight, and no closer to meaningful rest. Leveling his view, he realized it was Colonel Milo Smith who sat down beside him. Sir, Job asked, your farm, the one you spoke of in your homily earlier, who's manning the farm while you're away? That would be my son Lewis and his younger brother Ryle. They'll manage with their mother until planting season when I've hired a caretaker to help with some oversight. Smith lit a pipe. The orange glow illuminated the whiskers on his face. Rhythmic puffs of smoke punctuated the air between them. I wish I'd had a farm to be left in my hands. I was... Smith struggled with his pipe. Sent off to a fancy boarding school at... More puffing. Twelve. Finally a light, he settled back. Spent the next decade trying to make my father notice me. Moved to Chicago, taught in a boarding school there for a few years. Cynically, he added, You have to know that place was full of sons wishing that they had fathers to entrust a farm to them. He took a deep drag on the pipe. I made myself a career on the railroad. I tell you, my father still wouldn't have entrusted anything to me. Your son's trites, they've got a blessing in you. Do you have family, Colonel? Job asked, against his better judgment. So far, exactly none of the personal question he'd asked his superiors had been answered. Approaching anything of a private nature with officers was akin to wasting words he had recently written to Harriet. The man's silence as he continued to puff on his pipe seemed to be another evidence to confirm the notion. But then suddenly he spoke up. I have a wonderful wife at home. The colonel paused, inspected the bowl of his pipe. We had a son, Charles, but we lost him to the Yellow Jack in October of 53. He was only two at the time. We haven't been blessed since. More puffing. Job had no words, having lost his own dear son Francis in exactly the same circumstances. He imagined the colonel would think it contrived were he to say, I know how you feel without explaining, and he knew he didn't want to talk about it. Again, silence. You know, Trites, I've not spoken with anyone of Charles in a great many years. I suppose you've put me at ease. Now Job's conscience burned. A passage of scripture from St. Paul's letter to the Corinthians came to his mind. Comfort them with the comfort you yourself have received. 
Maybe that was the issue. Maybe he hadn't realized any measure of comfort from above where Francis' sickness and death were concerned. Job was, after all, the one who was supposed to protect his young son, when in fact it was through Job that the dreaded disease came into their home. Smith continued, You lose anyone to the dreaded Jack? Here it was, the perfect scenario. He could choose to make wasted words of someone else's personal inquiry, or... This concludes episode 22. Thank you again for tuning in, and thanks also for helping me get the word out. This podcast is up over 12,000 downloads now, and the new ebook is out. I appreciate you telling others about my writing. You can learn more about me, my writings, or, or contact me through my website, www.darrenmichaelshaw.com. Until next time, blessings.